Welcome to the Rosenbox, where dancers go for show prep and candid chat. I'm Claire Kretschmar, and I'm Aron Sands, and we are dancers with New York City Ballet. Hey, listeners! Welcome back to another episode of the Rosenbox with Claire and myself here today. <laughs> hey, Aron. We have a very personal topic today for me, which is international dancers. As an international dancer myself, mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to explore this topic and hear from two of our wonderful international dancers, which are Gonzalo Garcia and Chan Wei Chan, yeah. which we'll be here in a minute. Yeah, no, we're very excited to talk to them. And Aran, could you share a little bit about your journey to America and to New York City Ballet? Because... It yeah, it's very unique and it's not something I sure can. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might have talked about it before in a previous episode, but um, I'm originally from Spain, from Madrid, and I trained there uh, from the age of eight to sixteen, seventeen, and uh, when I was sixteen um, during the summer, I met Suki Shore, which mm -hmm. was in the previous episode. And she kind of linked me to the concept and idea of dancing in America, going to a school of American ballet, and possibly opening the door to New York City Ballet. So after that, I sent my audition tape for the summer program. I think it's like a step towards SAB that like a lot of kids have in common, which mm -hmm. is um, attend the summer intensive. I did that, and uh, during it, they invited me to join them uh, in the full year-round mm -hmm. program, which I did. And that's where I met Claire. We go back because we were in the same we were in the same grade, per se. Yeah, same, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Together. Um, and after one year at the school, uh, Peter Martins, then director of New York City Ballet, invited not just me, a few of us, to join the company as an apprentices. And I believe that was two, I want to say 2011, 11. 2012. Uh, you were a year after me, so you were probably 11, 12. Yeah, I think 11, I was 12. 2010, I, yeah, 11, yeah. when I was an apprentice. Because Claire got in during Nutcracker season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What were some of the most notable cultural differences you had to deal with? Uh, in America or or dance wise? Oh, uh, you could say both. Well, I think being from a city, somewhere else in the world, but a city, I was very familiar with that, uh, with the lifestyle and kind of the city life. So coming to the city was new, but familiar in a way. Because mm -hmm. you were in Madrid. Because I was yeah, yeah. I, I I was living in Madrid and. As I said, it felt it felt new, uh, particularly because I didn't speak any English at the time, or mm. I spoke very little Whoa. English. Yeah. So, a new environment, new people, new culture, but similar lifestyle. I was lucky enough to um, live in the dorms, which mm -hmm. are in the same building as the school, which yeah. that made things a that lot does. easier. Yeah, yeah. And I was around uh, a bunch of um, kids who were also going. To, to the school. So I feel like that created a family bond almost immediately mm -hmm. that was uh, lacking from having left my family behind. Yeah. Did, were you homesick? Uh, well, 
I was so excited to move and to start this chapter of my life. And I was so certain that this is what I wanted to do that I felt that purpose, it helped me stay very present. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes when you start getting nostalgic mm -hmm. or, or even thinking about the future, like, will I go back? Will I stay that you really can feel homesick and, and of course I experienced homesickness um, at some point. Yeah. And that's kind of a normal it's, young adult so. feeling to have I when you so. leave your I parents. I think so. Yeah. But it is true that I feel like early on I found kind of like my people and my family that to this day I still consider them to be my American family. Yeah. And how cool is it too that New York City Ballet is this melting pot of different people, of different uh, cultures, and and also and New York City is that too. And we have this ballet institution that reflects the diversity of New York City being this melting pot of cultures as it was from like its inception. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, people coming over from Europe and Asia and mm -hmm. everywhere. Like, everywhere. Yeah, just coming to America through through Ellis Island, um, mm -hmm. really close mm -hmm. to where mm -hmm. we are here in New York City. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's, it's very special that New York City Ballet is a representation of New York, mm -hmm. but also, like, the American culture, which is a hodgepodge of right. all different cultures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I could have said it better. Um, but I think it's worth acknowledging that the nature, which we've talked about before, the nature of the entry to the company is um, attending School of American Ballet. And to do so, you have to be young. You have to be mm -hmm. a, um, a kid. And, of course, it is easier for anyone who's already here, either in New York or in the country, easier to make that transition as a kid. Yeah. Well, um, it is harder for an interna international person, a foreign foreigner to America to make such a transition at such a young age. So I do believe that like it is a very American um, American filled company. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited to explore this specific observation later with our guests of how a lot of our international dancers joined later. Yeah, and they didn't go through, through the School of American, American Ballet. Yeah. Just because it is, I think, a, a, the time-wise, the timeline of coming to America happens at a, for some people at a much mature age. Yeah, because they spend most of, of their, their childhood training Correct. in their homeland and then... Um, you know, by various Correct. like experiences, they end up in America Correct. to train somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, so it will be interesting to yeah. hear from them. But again, I think th I think there's an emphasis on the school being more diverse in the sense of joining and welcoming and investing on having international kids. Yeah, because. That being said, there's still a good amount of um, international dancers in the company who did go through the school. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And we have we have people from, well, maybe not people, but we have like uh, Alec Knight from Australia. Mm -hmm. um, Giovanni Furlan is from Brazil. You're from Spain. Davide is from Italy. Mm -hmm. And 
a lot of those names have come through the School of American Correct. Ballet. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it just goes to show you that everyone's path is different. It's different. And, it's different. Um, and very special and unique. And uh, I'm sure Gonzalo Garcia and Chun Wei will have these beautiful stories to share. Yeah. About their journey. So let's welcome them in. Hi, guys. Thank you for coming in, stopping by. Who better to talk about yourselves and yourself? So please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit. My name is Gonzalo Garcia. I'm a principal dancer with New York City Ballet, and I'm from Zaragoza, Spain. What a radio voice. Yeah, I'm, giving you, I'm trying to give you, uh, what's it called, Antonio Bandera. <laughs> the, the sexy voice. Yeah. Hi, my name is Chen Wei Chen. I'm from China, Guangdong. Um, this is my first year with New York City Ballet as soloist. Excellent. Wow. And could you guys tell us a little bit about your growing up in terms of your training with ballet and then also how you came to be a member of New York City Ballet? Because I think both of you have had these atypical paths to New York City Ballet, whereas a lot of us come go to School of American Ballet and join the company shortly after that. Right. You guys have different paths. So, uh, Gonzalo, would you yeah. start to share that? Well, I'm like Aaron. I'm Spanish. So my training was uh, until I was 15 in Spain under the school of uh, Maria de Avila, Studio Maria de Avila, which was a very famous teacher in Spain who sort of started this dance revolution in Spain and many other great dancers came out of that studio and then they became amazing teachers like Victor Yate and there was, you know, sort of like a production of teachers and dancers from her. And her daughter became the artistic director of San Francisco Ballet School. And when I was 14, she told my parents, well, obviously he looks like he wants to be a professional dancer, but it will be interesting if he goes away just to see what the pressure of being away from home and the comfort and all of that. Because in Spain, we don't really, as you know, Aaron, we don't really have a solid uh, company that really gives you a diverse repertoire and all the freedom that you have somewhere like in America. So I ended up coming for the summer program in San Francisco Valley School when I was 14. And I loved it. It was the first time that I was in a men's class, just all men. And I had a Cuban teacher, Jorge Esquivel, who was a great uh, dancer with Alicia Alonso. And it was an amazing experience. And I said, I want more. How do I get back? So then I went back to Spain. And then I went to the Prix de Lausanne, which is a competition for young dancers in Europe. And I was 15. And the final that year was at the Bolshoi Theater because they used to do the final in at a major theater every four years. So that year was at the Bolshoi. And, you know, I got lucky. I got the medal. I got a scholarship. And I said, I'm going back. So then I came back in 1995 to do a full year in San Francisco. And that's how my training in America started. And then eventually I got into the company. And then I did 10 years there. And um, after that, I became a principal. And I came and guested with New York City Ballet in 2004 for Balanchine's celebration. And I was invited to do Ballo de la Regina with Lorna Feijó, a Cuban dancer who was at the time a principal with Boston Ballet. And I had worked with Meryl Ashley uh, already. And uh, they invited me to come. And I was here for three weeks. I did about four shows. And I was like, I want more. I want more. I like it here. You know, it was like my eyes all of a sudden where, oh, wow, this is, there's a lot of rep here. It's a different energy. 
It's a different city. There's a different exposure. There was a lot of new things that I, you know. So I went back to San Francisco, but that stayed in my mind. I was like, what about if I change, you know? And that was sort of something that in 2007 came a reality. Peter called me and was like, I think now would be a good time for you to join. And that's, that's how I came here. Wow, you've had Incredible. such a Amazing. rich ballet career. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky. I mean, it, it's not... Obviously, it wasn't always easy, and in some ways, I was always, I also had a lot of support and help. But yeah, it was you know coming from not coming directly from SAB, your trajectory is always a little bit different. You always sort of are bouncing around. But I was very lucky because San Francisco Valley Helgi Thomason, artistic director, who was a main uh, dancer from the golden years with Balanchine here. So I, when I joined the company, I knew Dick Tanner had taught me ballet, Susie Handel, Victor Castelli, Christine Redpat, uh, Katie Tracy, Lisa Jackson. They all knew me because they taught me polyphonia mm -hmm. and all of these reps that we were doing over there, there. So when I came here, I didn't know someone like Sally and there was a few people that I didn't know, but I, I, the staff already knew who I was in some capacity. So that, you know, it seems like a lot, but there was also some great connections. It helped the transition. It helped the sure. transition. And it's, it, I mean, and let's be honest, it's not easy. New York City Ballet is a company like no other company in the world because of the energy and the schedule and all of that. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was like, oh, I know some people here. You know? <laughs> yeah, it really helps. Yeah, though. it does. Yeah. It really it does helps. Help. And Chun Wei, what was your training like and how did you come to New York City Ballet? I started professional training uh, at 12 years old. We say professional because once we decided that we want to dance, we will go after the n normal school. We mm -hmm. have to go a boarding school and start to train Vaganova six years training. So I decided to do that, even though my grandparents, they were like, no, you should not do it. Because what they were thinking is like, in a, as a professional dancer, we'll be a backup dancer behind the singer. Right. Mm -hmm. in, in China in that time, like mm -hmm. I did not know much about this ballet company. Right. Um, but I was really in love with dance. So a night of thinking, like, am I really going to stop here? No. So I wrote a letter to my parents. like, I wanted to dance. Please let me go. So out of love, they were like, we have to let Chen Wei go. And so I started um, from 12 years old to 18. And then it's very similar. I went to Priest Law Song. And the year when I went, um, one of the students from Houston Ballet Second Company, they won the prize. Uh -huh. So I was like, wow, the technique, the acting, um, everything is like amazing. I wonder how they train them. So I decided to go to there uh, in HB2 because I want to learn uh -huh. whatever um, they were doing there. And also the teacher, Claudio Munez, is very fun. And he also changed me how I partner in a way. And I feel that besides the technical stuff in on the stage, partnering, acting, modern, contemporary, everything is so important as a dancer. So I grew a lot there and I joined the company in 2012. This is Houston Ballet. Houston Ballet. Yeah. And I was uh, in the company for eight years, mm -hmm. but in Houston, 10 years. Um, and the last year, Justin, Justin Peck, he went to Houston to choreograph a piece. Mm -hmm. And we just fell in love with each other, how we work, um, how we uh, make, make everything done. Mm -hmm. um, and like what, after I danced his piece in opening night, I was like, this, this is something I've never feel, 
feel before. It's like there's a sense of freedom. It feels like you watch a movie, a New New Yorker mm-hmm. um, dancing on the street mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was like very interesting to come in here. And then we had a conversation. Um, they were like, okay, um, we talk about you with uh, John and would you make a video and stuff then that's how I started to have my audition process here mm-hmm. I come here took five class because I want to make sure that um, they would like me because I wanted to dance in in order to uh, in, instead of just joining a company and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. not dancing right um, so I did five class here and everything is like clicked the company member is very nice even though it was only one week, I was like, this is not what I imagined. Like in a big company that also there's some TV drama that would um, right. appear <laughs> that like uh, there's a lot of competition. Drama, city about. This is a drama-free place. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so it was great. Um, and also I fell in love with the city. So... Yeah, and my parents, they went to Houston, and everything is great in Houston. Like, I love the company there, and also, it's in a way, it's very challenging with the rap already, because mm-hmm. I dance, like, in a mixed rap, I would dance every different program, every show, but my parents happened to be in Houston during the Nutcracker season, which I only do the Prince. In Houston, the Prince is the Cavalier here. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, wow, your rehearsing schedule is so easy. You go and practice for two hours and you come back, hang out with us the whole day for a month. That's something that you should not have while you are still like 20 something years old. Mm-hmm. You should, this is a retired life that mm-hmm. you should have. So they encourage me to go to another company to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm like, okay, I'm coming here. Because most of the time when I was in Houston, um, they always want me to go back to China. Mm-hmm. No matter what I do, they just want me to be near them. Right. But this mm-hmm. is the time they're like, okay, you need to go and challenge yourself. You gotta yourself. go work. Yeah, I, I better work. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta work. work. I mean, that's really good <laughs> that's that you good. got your family support yeah. Yeah. to push you towards like your career goals. Exactly. That's so important. That helps a lot too. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, because sometimes the harder thing is me struggling. Should I say tell my parents I will stay in America again Mm -hmm. without being them understanding. That's Mm -hmm. the hardest part for me. Yeah. Every success story has support. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just about the one person. You know what I mean? The the one person is the window that that you see, but really behind that, there's all the people that have to support you and all of that. It's very important. Your family is, mm-hmm, I think, definitely. very challenging, especially for foreigners, you know, that have left family at a young age and somehow you feel even more connected, you know what I mean? Because you you don't have them physically, mm-hmm, but you always mm-hmm. have them very emotionally, much emotionally yeah. attached yeah. with you. You bring them everywhere. Totally. So I think that having that support from your loved ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is super important for transitions, especially this big. But I would say, because he was saying, you know, he came for a week and everybody was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to say about and it? What's your it story, so natural. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I have to say that my, my transition was sort of similar, but I, I had, you know, it was during Peter time, so Peter had seen me dance and stuff, and we started a conversation, and he was in the middle of doing his big Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember that 
one of the things that we agreed and that I wanted to do is because I had danced for so long for Helgi and Helgi and the school there, it was really my home. I needed to let go of them, you know, uh, before I was going to move on. It was sort of like a respect thing and there was a conversation that it was mm-hmm. happening, but nothing was signed, nothing was mm-hmm. really sure. You need a closure. I needed a closure. So I, I closed that door with Helgi and I said, I think it's time for me to move on. And he right away is like, well, where are you going? And I said, I don't know. I said, I have an idea and I have possibilities. I said, but honestly, in order for me to be able to go, I need to to tell you this. And also I need the other people that might be interested or other organizations that I'm serious, mm-hmm. that, I'm, that I'm not just shopping around, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So the decision was very clear. So then I came and finally I took class and finally I was in the meeting with, with <laughs> Peter and Peter is like, oh, how great. He's like, I just hired 10 beautiful tall boys. <laughs> Apprentices, and I was like, mm, "That's great, <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic." I'm like, "I'm not tall." <laughs> and then he says, "Yeah," and they saw these things. He's like, "Call me in a week." <laughs> so I went back home to Spain, and I remember I was like, "Oh my God, what have I done? I don't have a job. I had like thousands of suitcases." Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was very nervous about it, and it was during the that week. It was during the French Open. And Peter mm-hmm. loved tennis. He was a fanatic. He loved uh, Feather Roger. And it was uh, Feather Roger and Nadal playing, and Nadal won the mm-hmm. French Open. And then he calls me, and he's like, hello. I'm like, hello. <laughs> he's like, do you like tennis? And I'm like, yes. I'm like, where is this going? And he's like, well, it's a good day for Spain because Nadal won, and you are a principal dancer with the New York City Ballet. Oh, wow. wow. What a story. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sweating buckets. I was like, what is going on? Like, tell me what's happening. Yeah. Why like, tennis? Yeah, but, but it was sort of like kind of nice that he made me wait for mm-hmm. a week because then he made me, you know, want it even more yeah. and more. Realize how much, realize how much I wanted it because mm-hmm. I wanted it. And then in regardless of, of this is that... From I see the people that are coming in like Chan, mm-hmm. um, like me in a way, many years later. And I see how the company has changed. The company was already a very nice group of people and I have mm-hmm. made amazing friends. But everybody comes from the same place. So there's this sort of understanding between people yeah. and clickiness and things like that. But I remember it was hard for me because at first I was shy to break through. And I have seen that in the last 15 years that has dramatically changed. People do come from SAB, mm-hmm. but they come with an understanding of life in mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. different ways, in mm-hmm. a dimensional way. Mm-hmm. So when someone like you come in, like someone like Giovanni, someone, and, and I think I see it. I see the people around. They're, they're open. They're interested in seeing how something is, is maybe done a little differently and how the people can learn from that also. Mm-hmm. Which in my time, it was starting to happen, but it was, it was a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a spirit of like trying to welcome the outsider, I yeah. think, here mm-hmm. because we all, at least I know when I joined the company, I was so afraid. And I came the normal path like through mm-hmm. SAB, joined right after basically my senior year in high school. And it was already scary enough. And to have not come through that normal path and be somehow assimilated into this already like kind of well-oiled machine that's right. a, that's like a, a scarier prospect sure. than like say my path and i know when i see someone new enter the company i just want to make sure that they feel welcome because the job is so 
difficult, stressful. It doesn't need to be any more difficult than it already is. Right. And some things that you guys are saying are making me think how it's not a drama-free place, mm-hmm. but at the same time, somehow the the drama and the highs and the lows make us all bond together mm-hmm. in a very deep way. Sure. That you you know you see people struggling at times or people like triumphing in mm-hmm. moments, and you feel that with them. It's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That community feeling. Yeah, which actually, Chun Wei, mm-hmm. would you describe how your first season has been? Because you've just started performing with us, like in the middle of September, like a month ago. Right. Um, how has it been being with the dancers? Um, maybe could you tell us what your first ballet was with the company? Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. It could be very different. If I just joined New York City Ballet right after I quit Houston Ballet, because I would be missing my friends more more often, and then I would be comparing with mm-hmm. everything is going on. But last year it was a year of stopping, and I literally do something very different, extremely different. So before joining, I was very exciting. The feeling of I'm about to join New York City Ballet. It was last whole year, mm-hmm. and which is great. I have been enjoying that moment so much, and also it's very different with the. Um, COVID things mm-hmm. is very, very True. different. Mm-hmm. But my experience, I think, it's, has been great. And the first two weeks, probably it's a little bit difficult mm-hmm. because there's a lot of small details of changes in balancing um, from Vaganova. Mm-hmm. And I was not as, like, I could not enjoy so much mm-hmm. in the class because I always have to think about the details. And also those details would make the steps differently. And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was struggling, um, but later on, I actually feel more free, more musical, and dance freely. And it was great that I was able to start my season with Justin Peck's Pochonella. Uh, it's very fun ballet, and dancing with Miriam is um, lovely. And also, I was doing um, New Miller Sky to Ho, mm-hmm. and it's a new piece. Um, so we work together. I get to know all the dancers, got to know the um, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And rep director. Yeah, yeah. rep the director. And it has been great. And I wasn't like overwhelmed with how much I was doing. Um, but in order to like separate my all my energy to many pieces, I was able to focus on these two because I mm-hmm. was appreciate able to do it well in these two. Yes. So that was fun and great. grateful. Mm-hmm. It's a great luxury that is not going to happen very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you, get <laughs> ready. Yeah. Get ready. It's about to next gear. <laughs> You'll be like, I have seven ballets. <laughs> yeah, well, Gonzo, and you're retiring soon. So, I mean, truly, Chun may be <laughs> getting a lot of ballets on Absolutely. his plate. Absolutely, he will. Uh, he will. Well, it's the nature of, you know, I think it's nice that starting slow, you know, sort of gives you time to digest things. I remember telling you that I think after the first class or the first day I that remember we drew, everything I, you said. I said just, you know, give it time because, you know, I remember like that I also wanted to do it in like, you know, right away. Mm-hmm. Wanted to get what the institution is about and, and, and it's a process. It's a process of learning and putting it in your body and you can get it in your mind but it's sort of the process that you have to give it time and 
you in know, order to feel comfortable. Yeah, and you have to feel comfortable. But I will say that learning a new ballet, being part of a, mm. a, a, a new ballet, really helps because that's when you get to know your people around, and people around have to trust you, and you have to sort of be vulnerable with them. And mm. people in a new choreography, they feel a little bit naked at first because yeah. they're like, "What do I need?" It's to new do? to everyone. Yeah, it's new to everyone. So it's a good place where you feel more equal. When I started doing new work, it was a little bit later. That after I joined, first I was given, you know, all these major ballets and uh, that were danced by all these uh, major mm -hmm. principal dancers that had just retired and this. So the, I felt like a load of sort of like pressure, you know, mm -hmm. in some ways. So for me, it was detaching. It's like, how do I become myself in this institution, detaching mm -hmm. from which is a little bit of the history of this building. It's sort of finding yourself in these incredible pieces that have been danced by some of the most incredible interpreters, and mm -hmm. you still have to find Yourself. your voice. and, you, and yeah. your, So for me, it was mm -hmm. adjusting to a lot of that at first, and then, you know, 15 years later now, adjusting to letting it go, because now I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. So, as you all know, <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, but I'm already started the the process of transitioning a long time ago, first mentally and then by teaching and then by becoming, you know, faculty of the of the school and then eventually by being in the other side of of the company. So it's it's been a, a very interesting journey. And speaking of transitions, what are some differences? What are some adjustments that you guys experienced, not just being in another company, but moving from such a different country, moving to America, experiencing a completely different culture? What was that like? Coming from China to Houston, I was very happy. And even though there's a jet lag, but I didn't, I feel like I, I just came home. It's mm -hmm. like the feeling of, um, wow, I have been dreaming to come to America forever. And watching all the American movies, I was like, I want to be there. And then I was there. <laughs> I was very happy. And yes, um, I miss my family, love them. But I did not cry like I was in Guangzhou, two mm -hmm. hours away from home. Probably I got used to it or it was just so much fun here. Mm -hmm. And then coming from Houston to here, there's another big change. The city is so different. We don't have to drive here in New York, just bike, train, or scooter. Everything's so interesting and pretty, and I'm enjoying with this weather also. So, yeah. What did you have to learn how to drive when you moved to America, or did yeah, you already know? I had to learn how to drive, but oh, God. Um, <laughs> not, many, not many cars around. Right, right, right. True. And so we, I, I learned it in, uh, in a late night also. Oh, um, nice. Make sure I was safe. Night, night school? <laughs> Not night school because um, with friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, she the practice. The practicing the practice. was done at night, <laughs> on the safe of yes, the night. Yes, yes, yes. Is it dark enough? Good, get going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I learned that when I was eighteen. No, literally a year after I went to Houston. Fantastic. And I sold my car and never drive again. Probably I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know. Well, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you come from Spain, Spain, very different culture in many ways. And I, I, you know, San Francisco, you know, New York, Spain is seven hours. New York, San Francisco is another six, seven hours. True. So you really are in the other side. You're in the other side of the country. You're in the other side of the world. So you really do feel uh, that a lot. The time difference is, you know. So at first it was a bit challenging, but I lived with an American family, um, and they were all dancers. They were like five kids, 
and they were all five kids dancers. And so we were all going to, you know, San Francisco Valley School together. And I lived with them for almost a year. And I'm I'm still well. Seth Orsa, I don't know if you guys yeah. have heard mm-hmm. from Seth Orsa. And, well, the Orsas, they were very famous. In. Oh, the really? Orsas. I was adopted by the Orsas. Because so I came from the Prix de Lausanne with the, right. with the medal and a scholarship. So I, when I joined San Francisco Valley School, you know, it was like you could be in a residence or you could be, you know, and, and everybody decided that being a family would be good because I was still 15, almost 16. Mm-hmm. So then I joined, you know, a crazy American family. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just like two people. It was like the Orsas. You know, it was like the Orsas, you seven, and the, you know, and it was very American in many ways. And we were living on 47th Avenue, very close to the water, which was like, took like 30 minutes driving into the school. And, and it was, you know, very American styled. And, and so that took a little bit of sort of getting used to it. But then, you know, I, I, I loved it and I made amazing friendships mm-hmm. with, with them. And there was always a transition period. But finally, obviously, you get used to it and it's, it becomes your home. And mm-hmm. then coming to New York was sort of, uh, in many ways, I was incredibly excited because I have always loved New York. And to me, New York, it reminded me a lot of big cities in Spain. They were BC, people yep. who are out, yep. you know. And I, in San Francisco, things were closed earlier. So people always said, San Francisco is a very European city. I never understood that. I was like, well, people are home at six. What's going on? <laughs> like, Spanish people are taking a nap at six. Exactly. <laughs> at 10 o'clock, we were like, hello, let's go out, you know. So I was I was dying to experience that. And when I came to New York, I was like, oh, okay, this, this sort of makes sense. So for me, coming to New York was... Felt I started to feel very much in not just in an artistic level, but also as a, in a personal level, very much like home. And and I think New York is the best city in the world. Did you both know English prior to coming to America, or did you learn when you came here? I mean, I still feel like I don't know English. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. It's it's a it's a learning <laughs> process that will last a lifetime. I mean, it's obvious that. It's obvious that I have an accent. It's not, I'm not putting it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although it sounds great. It's, 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 act, it it's actually it's actually real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's been real for a hundred years now. But but yeah, you learn you just you learn. I was surrounded by a lot of Spanish people mm-hmm. uh, speaking. Uh, when I joined, so um, they helped me a lot at the beginning, and, and maybe that also slowed down some of the speaking because I, you know, you you get you get used to using your language, but you know, you just you just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in China, I tried to learn some. I mean, we have the in- English courses when we were third level in the elementary school. But it was all about, yeah, they were trying to teach the sentence, the paragraph, but I, all I remember before I come here, it was like pencil, apple, just the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was very yeah. hard for me to have conversation with people mm-hmm. because when people ask me a question, I will have to understand it first, translate to Chinese, and then how am I going to answer, and then translate from the Chinese to, English. to English. But then people, they're not interested in my answer anymore. <laughs> So it's oh, like, we're done tell with me you. about it. <laughs> so we're done funny. with you. So it took me like three years mm-hmm. to actually have a conversation with people. But it really, when I know how to ask a question, like what's that mean? How do you ask? And that actually helped me to improve my English mm-hmm. faster. Before that, it was just a lot of uh, body language. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are very like sl- uh, nice and they were willing to help. Um, but most of the meeting 
it's like, what are they talking about? And I just want to fell asleep. But I got through it, and now I understand everything. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, ballet is such a body language. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Universal. Art, yeah, it's universal mm-hmm. in a way because you just clear, watch right? you watch the person in front of you and you mimic them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they don't say anything, sure. you know to mirror them. Right. And I'm curious, actually, though, like... We, we all use the same French language. So, like, when you were in Spain, were people still giving the combinations in French? Yeah. Right. And and same in China. Same. Were they were they using the French terms that we have? or They, they were using uh, French, but because um, my teacher, they are from north of China. There's an accent of it. And also, wow. we, instead of using the, the letter, they will use the Chinese character to uh-huh. pronounce it, to okay. sound like the French. Like mm-hmm. fondue would be fondue, and then the preparation mm-hmm. be- before the round around it would be pilipalashion. Oh, pilipalashion! It's like they would put every Chinese character to pronounce the mm-hmm. the word. Mm-hmm. So there's always a Chinese yeah. accent of it. Like alasikong will be ala shigang. Shigang, right? They have yeah. that. Hmm. They have that. That's so interesting. That's very, I, yeah. Very yeah. Interesting. I never. I mean, knew in Spain, that. we you know we grew up with you know plea and tondu and all of those things, but we're just again with a Spanish with thick, a thick accent. With a thick accent. <laughs> <laughs> tondu. Tondu. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yeah, I mean, it, we are lucky that that it is a universal language and and like you said it's very physical because even like sometimes you know you have a teacher that is going ta 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 to mm-hmm. front and they're mimicking with their hands and even if you don't understand you see the the, the visual, the vi- the visual mm-hmm. of the hands yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. a kid can already learn so you know so i have experienced that when i have gone other places where i couldn't really understand the teacher for whatever reason and mm-hmm. and that is you were lucky that it's a universal physical yeah, um, language, and also like ballet, all the terms and like front side back, we can use the hand. It right. makes the online classes much easier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Versus contemporary, you have to show each part, each right. part of your body. It's, yeah, we were so. more ready for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of ballet, what was your first Balanchine encounter? Not just in city ballet, but um, abroad. Um, in different companies. What was your first Balanchine experience? Um, I'm not sure. It's who cares Balanchine? Yes. yes. Okay. Very. It's Balanchine. So I have already <laughs> encountered when I was in Guangzhou. Okay. I did um, one of the teachers, he started a ball in America and then he taught us who cares. Uh-huh. And I was, I, I like the music. It's so jazzy because our teacher and the school realized how stiff we are. Mm-hmm. They want to loosen us up and then we, we learned uh, who cares? So that was my first time to know Balanchine. Mm-hmm. And after that, we, we did not do much Balanchine mm-hmm. and we did not educate so much Balanchine because there's a Balanchine fund here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like we, we, yeah, we just did not learn a lot. Until I come to Houston, um, the first ballet I did, it was Four Temperament when I was called wow. ballet. Um, I did Wonderful Melancholic. Oh, you did oh wow! Oh, you guys share I that was, role. I was yeah, so he was gonna say I did one of the themes. He's like, no, yeah. I did melancholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing part. Yeah, yeah it is. It was so much fun, and it, like all the the movement, the music mm-hmm. is like so comfortable. Yeah, it, it, it's great. And then later on, I fell in love doing Serena. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was fun, and Symphony and C, and which is so funny that 
um, the first program here is everything that I've did. It was like wow. my memory. Nice. Oh yeah, you see all like all the masterpieces. Yeah, it classical was wow. masterpieces. Which which one did you do in Symphony in C? First movement. First movement. Yeah. Yeah. So mm, that's you, Gonzo. That, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about just Symphony in C, it wasn't my first, but I did do my first Symphony in C experience was uh, third movement. Mm-hmm. And I did it when I was young. Someone got injured, and they're like, "You go jump around, and and you you're energetic, and you're nervous, and adrenaline." And mm-hmm. I and I did it, and I did it for quite a bit, and then and then I ended up doing fourth also for some reason in San Francisco, and then my last year in San Francisco I did first. I felt like I graduated, and and then when I came here, Peter was like, "You will be doing third, back <laughs> to like, third," and I'm like, "Oh my God, <laughs> 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 so hard." <laughs> And, you know, so then, you know, I, I went back to third. And then years later, then he says, oh, you're going to do first. first. So I ended up doing first. So I done everything but second. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Symphony C is an, it's a masterpiece. It's an amazing yeah. Valentine Ballet. My first Valentine experience was actually in San Francisco Ballet School. I didn't know, know uh, enough about Valentine. I wasn't educated. Uh, but it was part of the rep in mm-hmm. San Francisco Valley School, and they brought Allegro Brillante. Allegro Brillante, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I did not know anything about the ballet. And coming from my background, I was like, when is the variation coming? <laughs> <laughs> where is the fun and where is the guitar? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like where are the props? Yeah, where, where are the, the props? When do I do my turns? Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, it was sort of like, you know, and it, I really didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And then you know, Elise Bourne, who was an amazing stager for the Valentine Trust, and ended up being a, a ballet mistress in San Francisco for many years. She taught us Allegro, and I remember learning, you know, and doing the first entrance, you know, and just feeling this overwhelming feeling of adrenaline and music and everything just coming out of my body in those fourth position mm-hmm. and, and I remember when I finished that experience I was like wow I felt like I grew somehow you know I was still little mm-hmm. <laughs> but I grew inside like something magical had happened and uh, that's what you know some of these incredible masterpieces that Valentine created do that you don't know anything about it and yet when you dance them something happens in Side you and in your mm-hmm. technique and in your artistry that makes you evolve, and that's really what um, a genius does: is that they create these masterpieces that, you know, it doesn't matter who does them. The feeling and the possibility of growth is always there. So yeah, Lego Rian was my first balancing experience, and that was Aron's. Uh, yeah, it was my first SAB workshop. My SAB workshop. Wow. Must be and Spanish. It must be. <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned that the first. Uh, experience or growth or um, exposure to Balanchine, it was a very inside experience because I think knowing about the ballet for outside people mm-hmm. comes after you do it. Sure. Because you got to learn it. It's a fast process. you got to learn it sure. and then you got to dance it. Sure. And then a lot of times you don't know the background. You don't know who premiered it. You don't know, you know, all the of details, the story the behind it. So you dance it and the first experience you have with it is like, very internal. Yeah. How you felt, yeah. how how it went for you. It's not and then, influenced by anything. Correct. And then it's later on, then you start no, learning and knowing yeah. about it. And then hopefully you get to do it yeah. again later. And then you do it differently as we always do. We never do the same thing twice. But it's very interesting that you mentioned that because for reps such balancing that it's so internal to this house, sure. it's really hard to know 
the background of things sure. until you do them. Right, because the, it's sort of the history sometimes is a given. Correct. You know, and sometimes it takes being in the house for quite a few years and doing that rep, then you really start, oh, this makes sense, or this yeah. was that. You start analyzing things, especially because the, the schedule that we have is so mm -hmm. dynamic and fast, and we, yeah. we do so much rep. That's yeah. the reality. There's just no, yeah. no time. There's, there's sometimes there's no time for, for that curation. For that kind of... Yeah. And, and, and someone that, you know, goes to... Houston Ballet or, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere else where, where the ballet mistress or master comes in from the Valentine Trust, they have maybe the time to sort of curate that. And I, I was lucky in some of those ballets because in San Francisco Ballet, I did get some of that because we, the schedule is different and you did have, unfortunately, you had less time on stage, but you did have more time preparing things. So sometimes you did get to learn more about the history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know the, the longer I've, I am here, the more my appreciation and admiration for our repertoire, sure. for the, the legacy of the company yeah. grows, and, and the more I want to color the different roles that, that I get, that we all get, yeah. like with the, the right intentions and Absolutely. to do them justice. And that, that's a big responsibility, but a really beautiful, honorable one, mm -hmm. too. There is also a beauty of being naive to something and True. doing a role that you don't know the full capacity and intensity of it and you kind of just go and do it and you don't have that pressure because yeah. the more you know sometimes the more it pressure can, yeah. yeah the more pressure you get from doing that role you're like oh i'm just dancing this and then later you're like oh this is like iconic and major <laughs> yeah. you know i think that i have had that experience you know someone i'm i'm sort of controlling in many ways and you know, I like to always be, you know, if I can be more prepared, great. <laughs> if I can be a little more prepared, even better. You know what yeah. I mean? And that can, that is a nice thing to have, but it's, it can also become a handicap. And I have had experience where, you know, it, someone has told me, you're going to dance this. And, you know, and that night I have gone to YouTube. Mm -hmm. to the library mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I have I have done it you know and that night I already know the steps I know the makeup that I was involved <laughs> in yeah. and that's uh, obsessive and, yeah. and and then I have had that experience that the person that was about to teach me the ballet the first day of rehearsal is like why do you know the ballet it's like no and, and at first I didn't understand it because I was like but I can prepare I brought my books you know what I mean and he's sort of like yes but it's sort of again we have to we have to allow the dancers to find themselves within the choreography. Mm -hmm. And I think once you have taught it and once you have given the tools to the dancers and the and you have seen that they have find some voice already, then you can say, okay, go look go at the reference research or blah, yeah. blah 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 But you already have allowed and I remember that uh, you know that that I started to be better at that. Sort of like I have an idea but I'm not going to go cuckoo on, on, <laughs> on my first day of rehearsal with, you know, everything ready. Yeah. Because then there's, you don't allow things to grow. And also you don't allow maybe the trust of the repetitor or the person that is teaching it to you. And I have Very thought important. a lot about mm. this because when I question, when I started teaching and in the reality, it's almost like you want a clean blank yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So you can you, so you can color it and you can give them, I have lots of clients for you to use, you know, and but yeah. you want that person to trust. You know, so that's sort of something that you 
develop with with time. One of the my biggest success doing that was with Opus 19 because I did not know anything about Opus 19, and mm -hmm. I remember that it came on the board and it said Opus 19 Garcia, and I was with other people. I was with Sean Schwartzy and and. Robbie and, and all these people. And I remember um, Joaquin, who was in the company, still said, oh, my God, you got to do, you're, you're doing this. This is a major ballet, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, I, I, I don't know no, nothing. nothing. I know nothing mm -hmm. about this ballet. But I know it's like some people are very upset about it. You know, you would, like, <laughs> say these things. I was like, I'm not going to think about anything. I went in there, and it was Susie Handel, one of the most brilliant ballet mistresses that we have ever had in this house and around the world. And she just gave me an incredible uh, vocabulary for me to interpret, you know what I mean? And she gave me very specific details for me to be me. And I remember that allowed me to have a much more enjoyable process in the long run. Mm -hmm. Wisdom. Such a, <laughs> Such a lesson to hear and learn. When you're old, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> Vax. Like Vax. Gonzalo Garcia. When you're old, you're old. <laughs> Have you returned to your country to perform? And if so, what was that like? Yes. So I was guesting in Hong Kong for two years. It was 2018 and 2019. It was great that performing in Homeland and all my friends able to travel from mainland to Hong Kong. And even my grandma, she like sitting in a wheelchair and everyone pushed her to see my show. Uh, she saw the first ballet she saw, it, the full length ballet, it was Nutcracker. Oh. And the version of the uh, that Nutcracker, in the first act, Nutcracker lost the battle. And so they have to carry him to the sh um, Sugarland. Sugar Land. And my grandma was like, next time, can you not let people carry you around like a dead person? <laughs> <laughs> That's all she, she had no most she fun saying. They have something to say. <laughs> that was Just great, but here's the thing. Yes, yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um it was fun, like um that's it's it's great. But in last year, the whole year I was dancing in a t Chinese TV show that's more different. And I was in a dance reality TV show that What? Yeah, I made it wow, to Wow, we need another podcast about this. I didn't know this. We need another podcast episode about this. Yeah. During last year, right? During the COVID year. During the COVID yeah. year. Otherwise, I would be just coming here not doing that. They were like, well, since you're in China, you're not going to New York now since the city was shut down. They were right. Like, I can do it. And I did that uh, full 12 episode. How it, fun. It, yeah, each episode I have to either dance a different theme or different partner. So that was really fun. and Great experience. And it was great that I was only doing that TV show without having a job. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can focus. Right. And also like being in TV and whatever I dance will be online forever. Right. So I, I was glad able to just focus and do it perfectly every show. And my friends and my family, they were like, I know you are a good dancer, but we did not know you are that good. Like, you, you can do right. that well. Right. And so that was a very fun year for me also. Fantastic. Wow. TV yeah. star. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. It's great that, I mean, I guess we have here, um, I was going to say Dancing with the Stars, but there's the other one. So you think so you think mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there is, but it's nice that that uh, that there is in your country there is an appreciation of for that 
dance dance. art form. It's not like the greed to sort of make it more mainstream and and things like that. I mean, there there is an appreciation, obviously, for dance in America, but maybe in a different context. But for me, coming back to have I gone back to Spain, for many years I actually didn't because I, I my investment was always when I joined San Francisco Ballet, sort of, okay, dance, 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 move up through the ranks, and then sort of that happened. So I never really really went back to Spain and invested on, on, on time or, or, or even gigs or anything. And so for most of my dancing career, I didn't dance there. Only a few times with Joaquin that he would do some gigs, and then I, you know, went to Mallorca and a couple times to Madrid. But it was very, you know, very little. And then COVID hits, and Joaquin around April he calls me. He's like, "How how are you?" And I'm like, "I'm, I'm in a lockdown. Mm-hmm. How are you?" He's like, "I'm in a lockdown, but we are moving forward." In Spain, they were about they had like three more weeks, and Joaquin became the artistic director of the National Ballet of Spain when he retired from here. And he says, I have some performances in November here. Uh, we're going to do Concerto the ACH, which is a famous Ramansky, Alexei Ramansky ballet that he did for City Ballet. And Joaquin and I were the originals. He's, and he says, and I want to do the first show with you. He's like, you and I, you know, we'll get to do it here for the company. And then I also have Apollo. And I thought that you could do, you know, a couple of Apollos, you know, and it would be fun. And I, this all sounded like amazing. But I also was thinking, how? Mm-hmm. Is this going to happen, you know, because we were really living, the, you know, the lockdown here. And and then soon enough, September came and uh, middle of August, he contacts me again. He's like, OK, pack your bags. We're going back to rehearsals in September and there's restrictions. But it seems like by November we'll open up the theaters and and it happened. I went there and, uh, you know, I, I was able to work with the ballet company and we I danced in th- three of the major theaters in Madrid. And I danced Apollo and Concerto the ACH, and then I ended up doing a new Giselle that Joaquin uh, choreographed. And then I went to Sevilla with the company on tour. It was like about five months of like, tour. you know, it was like an incredible dream sort of like come true because, you know, as you know, I'm retiring. So I never thought that I was going to dance in the Teatro Real of, mm. of the Royal Theater in Spain. And then all of a sudden I'm doing Apollo in the Royal Theater in COVID times. Yeah. And, you know, my family was there because of they course. were able to come, you know, and uh, there was all these weird restrictions and weird feeling. But at the same time, you know, any any moment in Spain dancing felt like, you know, a gift. So that was, that's been my experience dancing in Spain. It was really my last year pretty much of, of dancing. But because of COVID and Joaquin de Luz, uh, I was able to, to dance in these theaters. What wonderful highlights yeah. through such a like bleak time that it's COVID yeah. that yeah. you guys were like, Find being able to go to back, amazing yeah. performances in amazing places, yeah. TV show, Claire dancing in a garage somewhere. <laughs> yes. In my homeland. Yes, which I was amazing. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, obviously, yes, I, I feel like we were both very lucky in this because the, the yeah. platforms were incredible. But it's amazing the survival uh, mood that dancers have. And it's, it's very clear. But this you learn what, since you're a child. Even from your first class, you don't know, but you're already creating this revival mood about learning the combination. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, you know, in, in such a tragic moment in life that we found 
ourselves, dancers are, you know, incredible. Yeah. They're just, very persevering. They're, they're persevering. Yeah. They're so like, oh, eager. you know, yeah. we, I, we've been through wars, you know. Yeah. Persevering? What's that mean? Determined, you know, it's and like, like going through struggle, through like struggle, yes, really working hard, even yeah. though you're even though you're, struggle. yeah. And I guess that's sort of that at the end also has um, a reward, an artistic yeah. reward, sure a, a, a growth in as a person, and and sort of like, well, if I survive that, I, I you know, I can I can do more with it. So, so yeah, so dancers are dancers are the warriors of the world. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You heard it here first. Yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> what was it like for you guys as international dancers um, to dance in a company founded by an immigrant himself, George Balanchine? Yeah, that's that's interesting because the, the reality and also a beauty, I think, is that uh, you know from School of American Ballet, you can hire you hire ninety five percent of the company are uh, dancers that come through there and 95% are Americans, right? But mm -hmm. when you look at the history of the institution, you know, it was, you know, Balanchine was Russian and he brought Russians and he, and, and not just Russians, but other people and Danish. And, and, and then it was a collective uh, group of nationalities already that started this incredible and then eventually obviously became home ground and, and is very much... Like that, but I think uh, I think at the at the beginning, you know, I did, you know, I, I had to sort of adjust that feeling with myself because I didn't go through SAB. So one of the first things that sometimes I would be reminded in like uh, speeches and things like that is that only five percent of the company didn't go through SAB, and I'll be like, that's me. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> you know, so I I for me it was very important to learn the history and also go to SAB. Mm -hmm. So then I would go and take lots of classes with Krami, with Jock, with whoever was teaching. And, you know, because I felt sort of like I, I had a depth, you know, like I, I mm -hmm. carry something not being part of that, that I think was silly because I think that if we look at the history, there is an involvement for that. And I think when, when Kay Macho asked me to teach a class and after class he said, I want you to be, you know, full faculty for the men, a few years ago, it was sort of like a full circle. Wow. Like I was like, okay, I didn't mm -hmm. go through SAB, but I I am part of the institution, and for me that was like an aha, mm -hmm. sort of like it's okay to be a foreigner in this institution. <laughs> well, listen, if Suki, who was in, on our last episode, um, never went to SAB, mm -hmm. was also well similar to you, sure. danced in San Francisco, mm -hmm. yeah. and then joined the company. Yeah. She was an outsider. Yeah. If she, who is like a SAB icon, yeah. can go back to the school and teach and like yeah. bring yeah. herself to that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it I, is very I think acceptable. It, yeah, it is, I think it's at the end, it's about the work and the contribution and the artistic experience that you bring to the table, and also an understanding and a full passion about what the house is about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think when you have done the work, mm -hmm. you know, who cares, you know, what you're, if you like flamenco or, you know, or not, <laughs> or like where you come from. Well, it's about, yeah, it's the time. And some people go to the school when they're 16, 17, and sure. other people go later, but it is still the same school sure. with the same sure. essence. Yeah. That you were learning at a different time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I think it's it's important to be open. You know. Amen. Yeah. I did not think about so much about 
dancing in a foreigner before because I was doing ballet mm-hmm. and ballet was already like a Russian style or like Western culture. Um, purely just enjoying dance in in just uh, but in a different country. But then one day I perform um, in uh, Houston or even in Lincoln Center. After the show, the audience will be like, oh, such good. A amazing feeling to see a uh, Asian face dancing in a stage. Mm-hmm. So that time, I feel like I'm not only dancing for myself mm-hmm. pleasure. It's more like carrying on a uh, like um, as a foreigner, as a Chinese oh, here. Mm-hmm. So oh, they sure. will, they also like appreciate that to see to see a Asian face able sure. to do ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and like how Balanchine came is also like he trained in. Russia, right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with Baganova training, mm-hmm. and then he has his style, and which like uh, American love, and that's something is so beautiful to see everyone come together with what they like. Um, yeah, and I think it's beautiful thing yeah. to have a diversity, and I think that's what also what America is sort of about. Exactly. You know, New York yeah. City Ballet, it's sort of in like, New York. It's I feel like um, I always thought of New York City Ballet as the White House. You know what I mean? And it's sort of like you know, and we want a White House that is open and that mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. all kinds of senators and, and all kinds of people from everywhere that can contribute. And I think that that is very much the feel of it in New York City Ballet yeah. right now. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Well, thank you guys thank both you. for joining thank us. You. This thank was so wonderful us. and insightful. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can we take a selfie? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Ready? One, two. One more. Is Chan in Houston? He's like, no, he's in China in a big TV. So he's been dancing for months. I was like, well, good for him. Get that TV money. Get that TV money. Because that's a great time, you know. Yeah, when, yeah, when, yeah. He's like, Chan Wei is the dance Kardashian of China (laughs) right now. (laughs)